For years, Slip Angle and Apex Pro have worked together to help make drivers faster. The all-new Apex Pro mobile app for iOS and Android is now available on the App Store and Google Play Store. Download the new app for free, create a user account to log as many laps as you'd like using your phone as the GPS source. Apex Pro is the app for timing your laps and logging your data at the track. With video recording and intuitive analysis features, plus the ability to easily share and compare data, Apex Pro is the best way to learn about your driving track side. Apex Pro includes leaderboards so you can see where you stack up against other users, and Apex Pro lets you see other drivers on track in real time with the Crew View feature. Upload your data easily to FireLapse to compare with drivers using other data devices. Download for iOS and Android today by searching Apex Pro New. Hey everybody, do you have a trailer sitting around that only gets used a few times a year for track events or chores or home center runs or whatever? You can rent out your open, enclosed car hauler, dump trailer, travel trailer, etc. when you're not using it on tolos.com, T-O-W-L-O-S.com. If you currently street drive your track, autocross, or drift car to events and need a trailer to travel further, make sure to check out tolos.com, find car hauler trailers available near you. They're building up their inventory. And uh, maybe you can add to it or use it. Don't feel the need to purchase a $5,000 or more trailer when you can rent one for $100 a day or less on Tolos. Let your trailer collect money, not dust. Tolos is an online trailer sharing marketplace. Stoked to help build that marketplace and uh, maybe contribute or use a trailer soon. Hey, Adam. Man, beautiful. T- what day is it? Thursday? It's a great day. It's yeah, a gorgeous day here. It's, it's Thursday. Um mm-hmm. Life has been hectic since Lime Rock. I haven't thought about um, cars a lot. I've been purposely trying not to, trying to like uh, dig my way out of the hole in construction world because I still do that as well. But I did play with my race car a little bit. Um, we have our buddy David Calzada here who's uh, playing with cars still. Has a I bunch sure of companies. Am. Yeah. Um, I think just two, just two two right now. We'll talk about both. Um, uh, I think we're all sipping something that's I'm I'm sipping a LaCroix, but I've got some, uh, some whiskey here. We're going to hang out for a little while. What you got, Adam? What do you got? Uh, uh, I've got some, some Woodford at the moment. What do you got, David? I have some Glenmore and G 14 year scotch that's uh, finished in port casks. And it's very good. It's one of my go-tos. And it's very reasonable. It's like 60 bucks or something. It's great. It's not bad. It's not bad for something good. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. It's better than plenty of scotches that cost three times as much. So I'm not mad about it. My hair has no. been on fire uh, for the last, I don't know, week and a half. And I put it out. Gonna, just just out, now I'm having an OWA 107, and I'm quite excited about it. Mm. There you go. Nice. Nice. I like it. Well, I saw um, I saw some news about uh, another K Power car, and you told me about it the other day. And mm-hmm. it, you said it's the best one you've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I did say that. And you I'm say that every it. time, and then it's as, actually true. As the it, founder, it, it couldn't time. possibly he couldn't say the alternative, which is this is the worst one we've ever done. This is, this the, is the most middle time. of the road product <laughs> we've ever built. Oh, it's so funny. Well, yeah, you, so know, you guys are doing NCs. Yeah, we're doing NCs. So um, I know many of your listeners have heard me on the podcast before, but K Power Industries, we do K series swaps in NA and NB Miatas. We do them in BMW E30s. We do them in BRZs and FRSs. 
And this is the, the latest swap that we're working on is the NC Miata chassis, which is the 06 to 2015 car. Just 10 years of cars that we haven't supported up to this point. So, 06 to 2015, they did that? Yeah, it's literally 10 years. It's insane. I didn't know they so, did that chassis so long. I know. I, I can't believe it. It's so long. And they, there's an NC1, NC2, and NC3. So, like, the later ones look pretty nice. And the I think they all kind of look forward. nice. They all grew they on nice. me a little bit. You know, they, they grow on you when you first see them driving around and they got stock wheels and you're like, ah, stock suspension. They just look so dorky. But like, the factory wheel gap sucks. Like, factory yeah. wheels suck. Yeah. yeah. You put some good wheels on it, some coilovers. They actually look yep. really nice. So, yeah. So, anyway, um, yeah. So, we are um, we're developing that swap. Um, and the reason I say it's the best ever is kind of just the nature it's it's in part because of how good we've gotten at all this stuff but it's also just the nature of the chassis the chassis lends itself really well to this swap mm-hmm. um well then what we took able... you so long <laughs> i you know what <laughs> it's just man the stuff just takes time it just how many years time. ago did you come up with this idea in my f350 it was in 20 it we, no it was 2012 when we kind of came up with the idea on the way back from mid ohio yeah. we it was March of like 2020, uh, 2013 that yeah. we started working on the first car. So that was that's yeah, when we started. Okay, ten years ago. Yeah, man. The first I, night I we were pulling it, I feel out, like I got, I've been in this a long so time, fun. and UMFers have been around a lot longer than me. <laughs> well, when we were doing the first swap, I was like, "Oh man, we're just about to run Hanami for the tenth. We're running Gingerman for the tenth year in a row." Mm-hmm. So we were mm-hmm. we were already like, we, for some reason it was a decade ago, and we were like the OGs around here in like Honda world, at least. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, I was like, dumb. Yeah, you know what? Hey, here we are. So it's great. Yeah, um, it's been a wild well, ride. Austin Cabot bought a Miata uh, from Georgia, and then we all got famously drunk pulling it apart. Um, that was a super fun night. There's that picture of you and me and Kyle that I will always laugh at. <laughs> the one yeah. by the by the stock engine. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and the uh, bottom of that car was so hammered because it had been it had like been like a stance life car for a while. It was yeah, it was it was like it was actually terrible. ground flat. Like you know how a factory car has like all the ups and downs. <laughs> this was like it didn't have any of those. <laughs> no, it was, so it was not. It was rough. It was. Rough. That was a bad car. That was a bad show. Yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, we've come we've come a long ways. So what makes the NC we... so easy? So the NC is easy for a number of reasons. Easy the, for like the, install too, you told me. Yeah, so what every other swap we make requires a custom oil pan to fit around a subframe or a steering rack or both really. Um and um what we were able to do on the NC is we were able to do a tubular subframe that, that fits that allows us to fit the entire um K twenty four oil pan stock behind the steering rack which is like a big, big deal because these engines have a front sump oil pan, or I'm sorry, oil pump. So there's just no room up there. And uh, so it really fit very nicely. And um, we're able to do engine mounts that go right to the NC engine mount pads. So our car currently has a stock K24 oil pan, has a stock K24 oil pump with the balance shafts that for the first time we don't have to delete for fitment. So that's like for a street car, that's really nice. Um, it's got the stock engine mounts. And actually our car right now even has a stock NC exhaust on it. And you start the car and like rev it and it sounds like my stock TSX. Like it just is completely 
tame and factory and uh, it's drive by wire. So, you know, you get drive by wire right off the bat, which we have with the BRZ and FRS and we adapt to the NA and NB, but you get drive by wire and then we're running the car on a Haltech Elite 1500 and Haltech has all the CAN protocols figured out for this car. So nice. everything works like factory. The wiring is all plug and play, but not only is it like literally plug and play, you don't have to cut or splice the thing, but all the wiring is in the engine bay. Like the stock ECU is in the engine bay. And so what mm -hmm. we've done is we built our own harness and we mount the Haltech, which is like very weather resistant. We mount it in the like upper passenger corner of the, on the firewall. And so it's out of the way. It's not going to get like, you know, super wet or dirty or anything. And you, you could wire the car in 10 minutes. Like you take the harness, <laughs> you plug it in and like you upload the tune and you go and start the car and it runs. Like um, actually a mixed manufacturer custom engine swap. Mm -hmm. Plug and play wiring in 10 minutes. <laughs> yes. It's one wiring harness. You plug it all in and the car works. I mean, it's, it's super cool. And, uh, you know, you get the fact, I mean, the car has ABS from the factory, the car with the Haltech, you get tunable traction control right off the bat. So, um, nice. you know, we've worked with Haltech on doing some different traction control tunes that I've been running like my turbo K24 NB that is like amazing. And, um, you know, so you've got all that you've got the no lift shifting, you have auto blip downshifts, you have like all this stuff all built in when you do the swap and it literally all just plugs in. So, um, the, yeah. Like those cars are, they, they really grew on me when, when there was a bunch of them in GLTC, there's still, mm -hmm. there's still a couple of them floating around. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and like when they're slammed a little bit, they look good. The, mm -hmm. the thing that I saw the most of, especially the last couple of years was, um, like Luke and Eric and Justin having issues with, and, and Gary Wimble had one having issues with the OEM wiring. Like they're running yeah. 2.4 swaps or whatever, or 2 .5, custom 2.3s, yeah. 2.5s, whatever. Like Luke had, I think a 2.3, a 2.4, a 2.5 with like custom cranks and stuff. It was all kinds of craziness. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and he, he ran a two liter as well. He went, ran the OEM engine too, mm -hmm. but like OEM wiring was like not great in the engine bay. Um, yeah. cause you said, you and I were talking the other day, you said the OEM engine harness is like $168 or something. It's like, like, for, on like, Mazda, like on the Mazda parts sites, it's like, it's so crazy. <laughs> so it's not a well-made no, engine harness, no but, uh, so this might, uh, you know, your, your harnesses probably will fix some of the problems that they had as well. So yeah, yeah. We're building the harness good. like, like super high and like we did for the eight, six chassis. So it's all Raychem, uh, loom. It's all like the Teflon coated wire. I mean, it's like. You could like light the harness on fire and it's still going to work. So it's pretty, wow. uh, it's pretty solid stuff. So when would um, that be available? When will the setup be available? Oh, that's the question that we get every day now. Um, so here's what the timeline <laughs> looks like. I mean, literally every day. Um, the car's up and running. We are waiting for some shocks to come in, some wheels and tires, stuff that's already on order. Um, actually, wheels will be here tomorrow. But um, the, um, the car will get street driven for the next like week or two as we kind of gather up our parts to kind of put the car into track mode. Then we will, um, then we'll put the suspension and everything on, get it aligned. And then we will go to Autobahn as many days as needed to just thrash on the car for like the final six weeks of the season. I mean, to the point where I'll just stay down there as many days in a row as I, as I have to. And then, uh, you know, try what a to tough job. Yeah, I know, right? You know, <laughs> this, this is a fun part. You know, this is what you, 
what you work hard for. So, um, and then uh, as soon as that's all good, I mean, some of the smaller parts we're already putting into production now because we know um, it's all going to, um, you know, you make a bracket, we know it works, we're, we're good to go. So yeah. my goal is certainly within the first half of next year, um, have the swap available and in stock. Um, mm -hmm. But ideally, first quarter would be great. It really just depends on finding out what we, what, you know, you don't know what you don't know until you start doing hard track testing. So right. um, I feel very confident in the package we put together. Um, but, you know, we're going to find little things that we want to tweak and adjust, and that's just part of the process. So, um, yeah, so we'll go do 15 days on track, and then and once we're satisfied, we will we'll put it into production. For sure. Yeah, so that's the plan. Oh, the other cool thing about the swap that I didn't tell you about that makes it the best is the the way we're doing the accessories, the power steering and AC. It's super cool. Like the factory NC power steering pump, we built a bracket and it mounts right onto the K-series. And you don't have to change the lines. You don't have to change the reservoir. It's literally a bracket and some bolts and the correct size belt. And then your car has power steering. And it's super simple. And we're, super making, we're making a bracket to mount the NC AC compressor to the K series as well. <laughs> so like you do, you do the swap and you just take your accessories off your, you know, your old motor, you put it on the K series and you hook things up and you're, and you're good. So, uh, yeah. So that's like the other thing about the approach here. That's really quite fun that we're super cool. I think it's going to be really nice. Yeah. What are, what are those, what are the, like a factory K24, what does it need oiling wise? uh on track does it need baffles or anything is something we could drop in baffle or yeah so there's a lot of there's different baffle kits out there for engines with a k20 oil pump um, right. if you're trying to run a pump with balance shafts there's really not anything off the shelf we will be making something off the shelf that's my intention okay. to at least make an option um and it'll be like a little baffle setup that you can like bolt to the engine or the pump itself so you don't have to modify the oil pan it just fits yeah. underneath the engine so that's um conceptually the route we're going to go um we yeah. know that the oil starvation on these cars it comes from under hard sustained braking on sticky okay. tires and arrow so as long as you keep the oil from not sloshing all the way forward it should do quite well and so what we'll do is where's we'll the pickup a, in the from the factory where's the pickup it's, it's pretty more... much right in the middle I was gonna say it's more towards the front, but it's in the middle, right? Uh, no, it's pretty much smack right in the middle. Yeah. Is it okay? It's yeah. been a bunch of years since I whacked my head on my lift because your car lived on it for six months. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so it's right in the middle. So we'll do something like that, and then okay. um, and then yeah, and then of course, obviously you could put a K twenty pump on or do whatever you want. But we we really have our philosophies really become build the perfect refined street car then turn it into a race car, then release yeah. the swap. Because you want that level of refinement. You don't want to be trying to create that level of refinement after the fact with making softer engine mounts. And how, oh, no, what about AC? I mean, that's what we did on the first swaps and uh, just kind of the necessity of like starting a business in your garage. Um, but now we're like, no, let's build like a perfect functional street car that like anybody could jump in and drive and not even know it was swapped until they yeah. stepped on the gas. And then that's very easy to convert that into a race car. Yep. So you mean starting that, a business in my garage, David? Well, it was in your garage, and then it was in my garage for probably <laughs> even longer. So, so I know yeah, Adam's interest is more in the car stuff itself, but I also work for a company that makes things, and mm -hmm. I'm interested in your challenges as a business that makes things with this <laughs> kit. 
like what are the, are, is there like a specific part or a component that is difficult to manufacture or is going to be a, like the big technical hurdle? What are you going to do to overcome that? Mm, um, so thankfully our supply chains are very established now. Um, after like, we're really not finding we're going to need to ring in a new vendor um, to do anything, eh, one or two, but it won't be anything significant. Um, and we still manufacture the bulk of this product in house. So How many machines do you have now? We have six uh, CNC mills, six Haas machines, and then we have one old. Watch out, we well. got a baller over here. Dude, it's so <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I think we needed, oh, to be fair, one of them is currently broken. So high five. <laughs> Adam, maybe we should, uh, we haven't talked about this, but maybe we should hire a K Power to make restrictor plates. Uh, it's one of the, one of the things that I'm thinking about. (laughs) We can make whatever you want. So yeah, Yeah, there might be restrictor plates in a class next year. (laughs) It sounds like that might, uh, that might be needed, but it's not, not not GLTC. No, interesting. interesting. Um, but yeah, as far as challenges, I don't know. That's, uh, it's not any one specific thing. It's kind of just stringing it all together. It's the reality. It's just, you know, the fact that we don't have to supply an oil pan with the swap is going to be huge. The lead times of this kit are going to be very short because the oil pan is historically always the biggest hang up because it takes a guy like a day to build one pan and they right. just take, they just take forever. It's just forever, the reality yeah. of it. So that's been the um, case even like since the early days when you had literally, yeah, you're having, weren't you having Moroso or their supplier making them at first? Like we had Moroso make the very early pans and then we had a lot of, um, it's like nobody, yeah, nobody could get this done. They just did, yeah, uh, well, the, yeah. the problem is we keep releasing new pans and our right. volume keeps increasing. And so we have a we actually have a fab shop that does all these pans for us, and they do a really nice job. But like 20, 2020, 2021, we had like a string of some issues where like we, you know, they're trying to hire fab guys to come on board and get them up to speed on our stuff and because the volume's there, but then you get one guy who's making mistakes and then, you Screws know, everything then we, yeah. it, it really does. And so, I mean, I spent, you know, I would visit them and we would, you know, we're making improvements and okay, now we're going to test these for leaks and how, you know, and I really work with them to like refine these and we brought them an engine and I don't know every pan gets test fitted on an engine. It's a serial number. It's, um, they it gets pictures taken of it all fitted on. So if any customers ever like my pan doesn't fit, we're like, here's a picture of your pan on an engine with all 16 bolts holding it in place. So I'm not sure why it's not fitting, but it literally fits. And I've had to do that a couple of <laughs> times because it's just, you know, there's the use the, the user element of like, these are people in their garages installing swaps and maybe they're great at working on cars and maybe they're not. And we have all of the, right. all of the right. above. So um, I'm yeah, sure you've had people that like took years to actually get these things installed too. Oh you know? no, like literally, yeah. literally years. I talked to a customer today that like bought a swap like six years ago. He's like, I finished my car. It's like, awesome. Geez. So QC so, is kind yeah. of a funny topic because I don't think that anyone in the world thinks that QC is sexy work. Um, at Quality the, control. At the, the same time, uh, I think QC is a moneymaker. Like if, mm-hmm. if your QC is good, it guarantees a, good product yeah yeah well it's yeah, not a money exactly. maker it's a money loss preventer i think well and it keeps you know yeah. we've constantly same thing our our business is hard because we have so our swap packages are complicated there's a lot of components and it just takes one little thing 
to, to have a problem. And, you know, then you add the element of like who's installing it into the mix or how are they using the product? Right. What are they doing with it? And so we're constantly looking to improve things. And so I'll be, I'll be the first to say that like, we just, we just continually have improved on things. Um, we'll, things will come up that will be like, we've been buying this part from this same supplier for five years. And now all of a sudden we're having problems with it and it'll just yeah. happen. And so we start to, we've gotten like so meticulous about certain things that get checked. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, every intake manifold we sell, everyone, we sell a ton of them. Every one of the threads gets checked to be sure they're tapped properly. They get washed out now. They get like fully yeah. inspected every single one because you'd send a manifold to someone. They'd be like, ah, oh, I can't get a bolt in here. And it's like, I might just like, okay, I'll just run a tap through here. But like your average Joe may not even have like a set of taps and he doesn't know what to do. And so it's just that kind of thing. Um, like our wiring harnesses, we have a wiring harness tester or various testers that we've built and every engine harness, we have a program written in a whole, we have every mating end of every connector. And what happens is your harness gets finished and it gets plugged in on this big board. It's like a two foot by eight foot piece of plywood. But the whole harness lays on and it connects to this box. I don't even forget what it's called. I just know it's expensive. And we have a program <laughs> written and it runs a report in like two seconds and it checks continuity between every wire. And if there's anything wrong, it'll spit out a report. And really? Got like a, yeah. And then we have like a finished report and then, and then it gets serialized and we know like what goes to what customer and there's a serial number in the harness somewhere and people don't even know but it is in there what a fucking and nightmare it's a total i mean we spent <laughs> probably six months putting all this together because yeah otherwise and every harness is pull tested in fact i employ a guy and he works part-time for us now but literally his entire job is wiring qc that's all he does he comes in and he checks wiring and then he goes home and that's it so um, good grief man yeah it's it's kind of a pain but you know, what percentage of your harnesses are you making in-house we make we make a all you know it's interesting we've had to change because our we couldn't keep up with demand and i didn't want to like really expand our wiring um our wiring team a bunch more um yeah so we make all of our smaller stuff in-house like every we have a lot of wiring products but we have a uh vendor that we're outsourcing the actual engine harnesses to um but they okay. still come in the door and go through the same qc process right and actually like you know not it was a month ago i'm like uh you sent me 20 harnesses and these are coming these are a few that are coming right back to you because they didn't pass our test so they fail and they go in a box and they get sent back so um that's not like a common thing but like it happened and that's why we yeah once in a while people put put things together wrong. Yeah, yeah there's human error and things happen and every connector gets pull tested so we have like someone's pulling on every connector i mean it's like free it's it's a it's a pain Totally yeah, and you also said like uh, so every every single swap gets put together by a different person, for mm -hmm. the most part, mm -hmm. uh, and they're not all like our buddies at the winning formula. They could like figure out how to run a tap through things and like mm -hmm. change a thing if it needed to be. Exactly. A lot of these people like this is the Fisher Price My First Engine swap, and it's pretty involved. So, I know, and that's I think yeah. a blessing. A pain in the butt of of what we have done is we've made mixed manufacturer engine swaps like this so accessible to people. But yeah. it also is very often my first engine swap. And I mean, sometimes we get phone calls and I'm like, man, you don't know how to install a clutch. And you're oh, calling geez. me 
but you're doing a whole swap and you're not sure how the clutch and how to do this with the alignment tool and line up the transmission and stuff to put it on. And I'm like, man, this is nothing to do with our swap. This is just basic automotive knowledge, but like, yeah. you're in here knee deep into a mixed manufacturer entrance swap yeah. in the garage because we made a product <laughs> that makes that accessible to you, which is great. But that's wild thing is people like don't know what to do. And then, you know, yeah. and the people are posting on Facebook, oh, this and that doesn't fit, and I'm unhappy with this and that. And it's like, no, 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 everything's good. <laughs> just call us. Yeah, you just put the clutch on backwards, Jim. It's fine. Yeah, like uh, literally, <laughs> you wouldn't even believe we have all kinds of stories. But, you know, for the most oh, part, yes. uh, awesome. I've, I've spent a hundred hours in an RV with Chris Sullivan, who's like one of your guys that deals with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've heard some wild stories. <laughs> <laughs> There are some wild yeah. ones. I mean, there are some that. tales to be told. There, so. there are tales uh, to be told. Ble- bless y'all's heart for, uh, hey, for, you know, for sticking with it. You know what? It's, it's Sometimes I take a step back and I'm like, man, why can I start a way simpler business? Why is our product so complicated? It's a pretty but complicated product. And it, you're it also really like, is. you're selling it to the to like anybody and everybody. Yeah, exactly. Like my so, daughter with a stolen credit card could buy a case swap. <laughs> she sure could. It, it's one of those things that. that like if you could uh, – enforce or like impose a test it might actually make customer satisfaction go up oh i'm sure because if you had requisite knowledge uh then it almost uh certainly guarantees success Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah if everybody fails their their credit card doesn't work doesn't pay david's bills though yeah it's just it's you know we we trust me these things have been brought up i mean yeah you know what we do pride ourselves on though is i think that 95% 95% of people who buy swaps from us actually like finish a swap and get it up and running because how many yeah. just used parts do you see on the internet of someone who's like, I bought a swap and it's 20% of a swap and it's, I got an oh, oil yeah. pan and an adapter sure. plate and I don't know how to finish this car and I didn't realize I needed wiring and I don't know how to do any of this and then they sell it. Um, and so we provide the yeah. parts and the support. And so I think we have a very high track record. We won't see our stuff unused for sale almost ever out there once in a while but you know someone you know i lost my job i gotta sell my stuff you know but right or like i bought a different intake manifold or whatever yeah but it's never like a oh i couldn't do this i really got in too deep you know it doesn't really happen that's a good record yeah i mean so much so much of like oh i just mocked it up uh, and now it's for sale. That was like yeah. Honda stuff. I bought all that Honda stuff. I bought oh, everything yeah, exactly. and mocked up, you know, yeah. mocked up, uh, used. Yeah. Yeah, so. exactly. So I yeah. like to think that like people look at our website and like, wow, this stuff's expensive. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah if it was cheap, then it would be, it would be cheap and it would be incomplete. And very, sorry, very you want to do a mixed manufacturer engine swap with a standalone ECU and everything that that entails. And, and a yeah, Raychem harness and everything. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's going to cost you. Things cost a lot of money. I know you've had a couple thousand dollar wiring harness. Sometimes it just is. It is what it is. Yeah. If you want to do the, if you want to do it right, and you want to do it nice, and so if you don't like that, then it's not the swap for you. And if you do like it, we'll make sure you have an awesome product. So that's that's it. That's the, oh, that's the uh, game. Real quick before we like transition into your other company that you somehow started because you're <laughs> stupid like me. Yeah, um, right. Uh, you you competed with us at Road America with NASCAR, mm-hmm. um, and you like rebuilt the car the day before yeah yeah pretty much the how did it how did that go you got a you got a 10 minute story about about your crazy weekend (laughs) yeah so we i'm running the car in this is a turbo k24 nb miata that we built like three years ago and um 
and so I started running it in Autobahn's GT1 series or GT series and they have like a GT1 through GT5 and it's a wheel to wheel class GT1 is a six to one power to weight ratio class. Um, so it's basically like cup cars and like Corvettes with built motors and then like me and a Miata. So, um, <laughs> so we knew that our gradual ramping of boost to keep a stock motor alive was holding the car back. And we had two engine failures where we tried to get a little aggressive with the torque too low and blew rods through the block. And so um, my fantastic tech, uh, Lewis, who is a GLTC racer, um, he is like, look, let's put a motor together real quick. And he basically put some, he, we ordered some pistons and rods. We put a motor together, um, went out. We had some valve train issues. We had a whole thing where K24A valve train parts were not happy in a K24Z. It resulted in some expensive and frustrating engine problems. Um, but we, we figured it out. Like, Is that similar to what Emil had happen? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he had so something with like parts didn't mesh. Yeah, I talked yeah. to them about it. I'm like, I know exactly what your problem is. It happened to me yeah. the day before. <laughs> it was like literally so, the week before. Or yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So long story short, we the the day before Road America, we are the car sitting in the shop. We needed a new head gasket after the head gasket coming off. You know, the head coming off again, and the the head is sitting on a workbench. The head gasket comes in at like 10:45 a.m. And I'm like, okay, Lewis, well, I'd like to go shake this down at Autobahn before I trailer it up to Road America the next morning. So he, three hours after that head gasket arriving, the car is burped and in the trailer. (laughs) And uh, so I'm like, okay, cool. So I go down there, I run a couple of sessions. I'm like, this feels really good. Um, Everything is running nice, but we didn't mess with the tune at all. and then uh, we're like, okay, let's go to Road America. And so we're kind of on, on low boost and it's still kind of progressive buildup of the boost. And um, so we go to Road America, the car feels great. Everything's good. But then um, I don't know if you know Rick Nelson from Helltech, um, mm-hmm. but um, Rick has been helping us with some kind of, I mean, we're a big Helltech dealer now. We sell a lot of ECUs. So we get, we get you know, obviously good, good treatment with stuff like this because them helping us be successful with their stuff um, results in more and more ECU sales. So Rick is, you know, hey, let me take a look here. Let's put a different wastegate spring on. Let's uh, let's do this. Wasn't he this. there? Yeah, he was there. He he That's stopped by. So I'm like, all right, Rick, let's see what we can do. And we start. Um, and he just gives him my gets on my trim switch and sets me like, okay, here's wastegate pressure, and then here's some more, and here's some more, and here's some more, and here's some more, and I got like six tunes. And I just go out for the next session. And I'm like, all right, let's see about this. And I'm running like a 220 pace. No, like 221 or two or something like that. Pretty um, good Miata. With the car, how it was. And I'm like, okay, this car, was, this car feels good. Probably then, the fastest Miata around there today. It, I do have the Miata lap record there by like 12 seconds or something. Yeah, I mean, you years. already yeah. probably were the fastest Miata there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I start turning up the boost and... I'm like, oh, 14 pounds. Wow, this is this is nuts. 15 and a half. Whoa, 16. And by the time I got to like 18 and a half, 19, I was like terrified. And then I started like turning it down. Um, but it was so fast out of corners. Like the, to- the mid-range torque was just insane. And so, yeah, so I went out. Um, the car was running hotter than it was supposed to. We eventually found out like last week that the radiator was damaged and like ballooned and like not working well um which is really the problem but the um 
so the car didn't have it only had like a couple of good laps in it um but yeah i had like one session and i had like a lap and i just like turned it up to like 18 pounds and just threw down a, a lap and ran the two 217.4 and was just like wow this car is absolutely bonkers i was like on like a adrenaline rush like that whole lap and then like the next three days afterwards do you remember so, when like do you, do you remember when swenson came in from running like a two that time the same time he was i like, think he ran a 215 and he got it out was of the violently car. shaking he got yeah, out of the car and he goes <laughs> well i'm never doing that again <laughs> that's how word for word i'm like, never doing that again you know, i literally was like i got kids i'm not going to do another lap like it was it was bonkers it was yeah super i can't kill myself <laughs> Well, and what's crazy is I'm, and afterwards though, I was like, that wasn't even a good lap. It was just the first lap I ran at that power level. So I'm like, it was just you trying not to die. It was not. It was perfection. literally me holding on. I was going so fast on the straight, my side mirrors folded in. Like, in turn one. like I came around turn one. I was like, where's my? That's mirror? how you know it's good, Dave. Come on. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I hit like 167 on the front straight, and then me. Oh my god! It was wild. <laughs> Give him Miata. Yeah, it was really. <laughs> Those weren't supposed to go that fast. No, <laughs> it was kind of crazy. But uh, yeah, I'm confident I could go do like a two fourteen, two fifteen, like pretty oh comfortably in the car with that. Yeah, you get so. you get half a dozen laps <laughs> like that. You'll then you can start picking pieces out and pieces at 167 miles an hour. Like that that makes seconds real fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was. Dude, uh, it was that's so, so yeah. fast. Yeah, it's a fun car. It's great. <sighs> yeah, it's still running. Didn't blow it up. No, it runs awesome. It just yeah. it I, I did a I did a race last two weeks ago and uh, at Autobahn and I qualified P two started on the front row next to a cup car and was just on his bumper for the first like two or three laps and the car just started getting hot and started getting hot and, and I had to like bail halfway through the race and yeah. then when we looked at it later like all the fins from the and the radiator like had like expanded and they were like there was like no air it was like a wall aluminum wall with no air like going through it oh, that's so. Weird. So Lewis is like Mr. Resourceful, and he's like, "Man, we, we you got like this fancy triple pass radiator. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go on Speedway Motors. I'm gonna find the biggest radiator I can find that will fit between these frame rails, and I'm gonna just order it. And it's gonna be like two hundred dollars. We're gonna put this huge radiator in here. We're gonna make another duct, and we can do all this stuff. And he goes on here, and then like three days later, we got this giant radiator. It looks like like Chris Sullivan and I look at it, and immediately we're like, this looks like some." some boomer radiator on some like muscle car it's got a two inch inlet yeah like it was no we had to make we had to cut the inlets off and put smaller inlets like yeah yeah because it, it probably it had a so, two inch inlet for a big yeah, block was, <laughs> i was saying this looked like some like hemi like it was hilarious chris and i look at each other and I'm like this is some some boomer radiator here mm-hmm. um but uh yeah so and i'm supposed to i'm going to try to take it out on saturday in two days cool. and see how it does so that's my that's my story for you that was uh yeah i remember you being real stoked on sunday so, I, I was. On, I was, on I, was like, I got out of the car and I was like shaking. I'm like, oh my gosh, it was terrifying. And yeah, I, was, I figured you had to tell us about your little saga. Your, I blew it up. I fixed it. I blew it up. I fixed yeah. it, and then I went 170 miles an hour in a shitty well, car. So. <laughs> well, credit to credit to Lewis because he did like all the work. It, Lewis like, is the best. Times. He really is. He's, he's yeah. He's got a K swap E36 too, which is super does. weird. It's yeah. in my shop. He sure yeah. does. But there's no using. using Using a bunch of weird parts and like a cut a lot of customization. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah. So anyway, so that's K Power for, for, um, for now. So Adam, yeah. before we transition topics, uh, I did a user a listener poll on a show a few weeks ago, the one that we mm-hmm. did at Lime Rock Park. 
um, where I asked listeners what their favorite type of slip angle episode was. And um, uh, in fact, Abe interviews guests and Adam interviews guests are at the bottom of the preference list. So oh, really? um, <laughs> let's, let's pretend with David that we're at the track because buddy episode of the track was the highest rated result. So thanks everyone. Well, that's, who, that's who a voted. plus. That's a plus. I'm at the track right now. Where are you guys? You're kind of always at the track. That's plausible. <laughs> Do you've got a fancy apartment at Audubon yet or what? No, I don't, but I did. I did visit one last week. It was very cool. You did have one at Honda Meet. That was fun. Oh yeah. The I mean, and at, yeah. Uh, at, at, at Grid Life. I mean, I'm yeah, that was, that was great. Uh, and Audubon Grid Life was, was a good time. We had a, we had a good party up there. <laughs> And you know what? You guys cleaned up so nice. And it was because of you, Adam. You're like, all right, we're getting out of here. Everybody clean up. Don't leave a mess for these people. And like in like five minutes, the place was like spotless. I was astounding. Because yeah, I'm an adult. I know. You, you are, but you brought other adults. And I appreciate I, that. The grid life core driver paddock is maturing. Um, yeah, I don't know if sure. you noticed this at Midwest, but I felt like even, even the campers in the back 40, I felt were more tame than years past. It was like, it felt like people hanging out, going camping, not necessarily people coming for a rager. Yeah. yeah. That's how yeah, Honda has turned into now. I mean, Honda Meet's turned into like, old people yeah, now. it's chill. Saturday night, everybody stays up too late, but it's still like, it used to yeah, be like it, potato guns and like fireworks and like those annoying horns. Yeah, uh, now it's like, who can cook the best taco? Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Vuvuzelas. I remember those horns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big yellow horn. <laughs> like, it's like a World Cup horns. horns. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. yeah. That's stupid it. horns. So uh, I'd like to take a minute to break to hear an ad from our sponsors, and then uh, we'll come back for the next segment. Are you a true motorsports enthusiast seeking premium safety equipment? Do you need expert advice to make the right choice? Look no further. Go to ogracing.com. The ultimate destination for high-quality motorsports gear. OG stocks. It's not OG. OG stocks products from the largest manufacturers, including Sparco, OMP, Alpine Stars, and much more. OG Racing is offering. It's OG is offering an exclusive 15% to our listeners. Use code SLIPANGLE15 at ogracing.com during checkout. It's OG, Emma. You'll get free standard shipping on orders over $100. Don't miss out. Visit OGRacing.com and use Slip Angle 15 at checkout. That's OG Racing and OGRacing.com and Slip Angle 15 at checkout. Okay, now we're back. Oh, man. Cool. I wonder who that sponsor was. I couldn't hear it. <laughs> it probably, I don't run the ads. You know I put me. them in in post. It was probably yeah. Firelapse. It um, might be. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, when you came up with this concept for Firelapse, you, you called me like, hey, I got this idea. What do you think? And I thought, well, that's a cool idea. That'll probably never happen because he's busy. And now, now what are you doing? Oh, my gosh. I'm more busy. That's because it did happen. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the, the thing. Um, yeah, so we've talked about Firelapse before, which is a big shift. It's not, it's a software like, company. Yeah, give uh, give the people that don't know what it is a quick uh, a quick primer of what it is. Sure. So, Firelapse is AI driving coaching that works with any of your current um, data loggers, your AIM Sports, uh, you know, your AIM Solo, your Apex Pro, your VBox, whatever you may have. Um, at 
what Firelapse does is it, it does a couple things. It does actually a lot more than a couple things, but it's a, it's a very easy um, user interface to view your data overlaid over Google Maps, and you can see your driving line, and you can overlay all kinds of information. Very simple, uh, very easy to understand. My, my son, who is eight years old, uses it in his go-kart now, and he like does it on a school iPad, and he like sits there That's and looks at his data. Like yesterday, he's like, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm looking at my data from the car track, and I'm like, wow, okay, cool. Is he um, serious? And, yeah, like I'm serious. He's eight years old. Um, so what, can, where's he getting data from? An AIM or? Yeah, yeah. I just have one of my old AIM solos like stuck on his cart, and uh, yeah. and it works for him. So That's wild. Um, yeah, so so we do that, and then um, and then really the big focus of Firelapse is AI, and so my brother and business partner with all of this one of the partners, um, his background is in uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. And so what we're doing is you upload your data to Firelapse and then our intelligent lab coach, uh, which just got released last month, which is like what we've been working towards for, for over a year. It immediately starts analyzing your data. It compares it to your other sessions, to your other laps of that session, to other drivers with similar vehicles, whatever it may be, whatever data is available at that track. And then you get points of interest that just pop up on the track and you can click on. And then in plain English, it will say things like turn in sooner towards the apex or get on the throttle sooner or break less here. And you may save 0.3 seconds or 0.1 seconds here or 0.2 seconds. And it'll give you like, here's your four or five tips. This is kind of like the low hanging fruit of like, these are things you can go out and do on your very next session and go faster. So what we find is that people, um, you know, we have a bunch of people in Lime Rock using it, for example, um, and there they're uploading, uploading data and then, oh, wow. Okay. Here's some easy things, actionable things I can go do. They go on track and they go faster the very next session. So that's really our, our main focus what Firelabs does. The other element is just our social element. You know, we have a platform where you can create groups. Um, last night, we did a, uh, like a live stream with, uh, with Dewey, which, uh, who I'm sure has been on your, on your show. Um, just recently. Just, yeah. 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 So we just had a bunch of people just sharing data and we're just overlaying it. It was just, we we're just looking at Lime Rock and we were just comparing where different people were making time and losing time and all of that. And, uh, and these are people with all different devices. We're looking at like, we had like three or four different data loggers represented all on the screen and we're looking at all their data together. So, so something I can um, say about Dewey that I would, I would, say is maybe representative of a lot of drivers in our paddock is um, Dewey will freely admit that he is not good at data. He thinks that it is uh, above his head. And so uh, for years, he's just been driving by feel. And this year, it seems like he's spent quite a bit more time getting comfortable analyzing data, in this case, through Firelapse. And in many examples, um, the, 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 the benefit is obvious. He's done really, really well this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's won he's like everything he's right gone to. In Mod, I think, uh, uh, so he far. broke the record at mid Ohio, like four times in one event. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, that's good. Yeah. I mean, those are drivers we like to have, uh, on the platform. Sure. Do you need um, anybody to do uh, stupid, um, voiceovers for, uh, well, for the tr- uh, so, turn in, turn in sooner dummy. So <laughs> David said that the intelligent lap coach would 
uh, oh, speak, speak plainly. What if I want dumbass lab coach or like bro science communication? Can I get those? <laughs> you can. We have we have a tier for everyone. Whatever, whatever you need. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you need any help with those voiceovers, let you let me know. I'll bring me. Uh, I'll bring you, my daughter. We'll do all kinds of great ones. Yeah, such a nice soothing voice, Adam. So I, feel I like don't actually think it's true. I think it's true. I think if I heard your voice while I was driving, I would just slowly drift off to sleep. So, David, I don't know when the last time you listened to the show was, but Adam and Emma did record a an ad for OG Racing, and oh, cool. uh, Emma like jumps in during the recording to keep calling it Og, and mm-hmm. it. It just made me smile so much. So super fun to record, especially when she was being a jerk. (laughs) That's so funny. See, this is something Joshua would do with me. Who's what a year younger than, um, yeah, they're like six months apart. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. uh, yeah. And, uh, but he's like the kid who's like never once been shy in his life and he would like love to do something like that. So Mm -hmm. maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk, we'll get him on the podcast. Maybe maybe we need him to record some live reads for us. Yeah, he did his first. Uh, he did his first go kart race. Um, maybe three week, two three weeks ago. How, um, how many? How many people would you? How many kids would you race against? It was in the kid karts. There were only four. Okay. Um, which was he felt like good for his first race, and yeah. he was just happy to finish third and get on the podium. His first. Uh, his first race. So good for like him. Thanks be- for that. Beaming with pride. He, he had the best time. Like he had the absolute best time. So um, actually, I'm hoping that I, like when, when you said that, I'm hoping that like, they're not like 50 kids out there and a bunch of murderers. <laughs> no, well, what was great is the seems kid, so um, the, the, out of the four kids, the kid who won first for both the races had like been the carding for a couple of years. And he was like, it was really quick. He was a couple seconds faster than the, the rest of the field. But Joshua and the other, um, the other two kids, their, their, their first race, their laps were all within like a tenth of a second of each other. That's right. And so it was great. It was like good battles, like good 10-minute races. Like it was super exciting, fun to watch. He had like an absolute blast. So he is he's in love with it. Uh, we were having dinner tonight, and I'm like, okay, so what do you want to do? Like, you know, what other activities do you want to do? Like you like soccer, you like taekwondo, you want to learn to play an instrument, whatever. And he's like, go-karting is my number one. Dude, <laughs> so. you – maybe this was bound to happen, but you just ruined his life. Like yeah. he's not going to have money for anything because his entire life is going to be spent in racing. I know. I know. But I would have gotten into know. something more expensive if I hadn't gotten into racing. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know what though? He's, I mean, I I had no one in my family into racing. I just kind of got into it, but you know, he's kind of, if he, if he chooses to go down that path, he's kind of lucky that uh, he'll have, a, a lot more support from me than most kids. And he knows he's really lucky. He's like, dad, none of my other friends have a go-kart. I'm really lucky that I have a go-kart. Like he's told me that. So like he, he understands. I've kind of drilled that into his head and be like, you're a lucky kid. You get to do this. So yeah, they're, um, they're both super sweet kids. Seeing yeah, them at the racetrack, yeah. just hanging out there. They're exactly. very, uh, they're, if anybody deserves to uh, have a little bit of fun, it would probably be him. <laughs> have, so. a, have a couple thousand dollar go-kart to play with. Yeah. He's, he's I, I remember kid. a couple of years, a couple of years ago, was it that the, the Mikey Benefit Day, I think? Um, mm-hmm. uh, Emma and Joshua were playing in your trailer, turning it into a, an airplane. And Oh, yes. They, they were lining they, up chairs like it was an airplane. Yeah, they turned it into an airliner and talked about, uh, you know, we're, here's where the pilot goes. Okay, well, let's, we're going to take off now. It was pretty cute. And it just a nice, really nice kid. 
Nice yeah, kid. It, it was really great. They're they're yeah. buds. In fact, we got to do that again uh, sometime soon. Let them hang out. So, yeah. But hey, if an eight year old can use fire laughs and learn from the data, yeah, that's okay. wild. That's, so that's your that's your cell. Your I think point. Adam and I have been absolutely buried in event stuff for the last I don't know twelve weeks at least. Um, talk to me a little bit about let's let's pick a. Um, Let's let's pick a platform. I don't know. Uh, Aim Solo, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, what okay. is the workflow to use FireLabs? Sure. So if you have one an Aim Solo two or a Solo two DL or any of the newer Aim devices that have Wi-Fi connectivity that you can just connect your laptop to um, over Wi-Fi, what we have is if when you're on your um, when you're in your in, in FireLabs on the upload page, there's a link to download what we call our Spark app. And that is um, a Windows-based app that basically replaces Race Studio altogether and allows you to connect directly to your AIM. Um, so you can have your AIM solo sit in the car, have it on, grab your laptop, open up Spark, and search for devices, and then immediately pull in all of the data but but race studio is so intuitive and the wireless connection works so perfectly why would we need spark (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly why (laughs) it's just i mean it's nice to not need to like take the files save them to your computer and then upload them and aim was the first um the first logger that we started using i mean that's obviously the most common and so we really built everything initially around AIM. And then as we got more requests for other loggers, that's when we started incorporating more and more, um, which is like Andrew Rains from Apex Pro was like, hey, what you're doing is cool. We want to be a part of it. And so they helped us get Apex Pro supported. So so for AIM, that's how you do it. You use the Spark app. And that's, I would say, that's over half of our users, I think, are just doing that. Um, if you have an older AIM device, you do need to open Race Studio and actually download the files and then upload them, which takes an extra what 30 seconds or a minute or something in fact my aim pdm in my race car somehow does not have wi-fi connectivity even though it's like the latest and greatest new pdm it doesn't have wi-fi so even me part owner of FireLabs, has to plug in and download the files and upload it and it's really not that big of a deal um so that's uh <laughs> it's just annoys me every time i'm like we made this so good aim why is there no wi-fi this how come my cool. fuse box in my car won't send it to the pewter <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so, so uh, oh yeah. so that's pretty clear for um, for Apex Pro that uses mostly or almost exclusively your phone. What's the workflow yeah. there? So that's nice. So from the Apex Pro app, you can actually download the um, you can download the files onto your phone, and then you can just open up FireLabs on your phone and just do the upload. So you actually don't have to pull out a computer or anything. It can be done all on your phone, which is really nice. Um, we are working with, I will say, we're working with. Um, Apex Pro team on eventually, I think they've got a lot of other priorities and things happening, but the goal is to eventually have a, a link for FireLabs right in the new Apex Pro app. So if you want to send to FireLabs, you just click a button and it just uploads it. It's a little um, bit like uh, um, in, I don't know, Strava or something else. If you do a workout, you can send it a bunch of places by just hitting like a button exactly. and you've got your logins saved for all those other places. Exactly. And Strava was kind of an inspiration for 
fire laps. Um, you know, we're like, why doesn't something like this exist more for motorsports? Um, so, yeah, so we're trying to just keep things real nice and seamless and user friendly. If you have some of the other stuff, race capture or VBOX or whatever, then you're just you just drag and drop the files onto the upload page. Um, I was doing a bunch of it on the um, on the live stream last night and it was like easy and quick. I mean, every you, you can actually go look at it, go on Dewey's Facebook page and you can see what the workflow looks like. We did a bunch of it. I, uh, I saw that you were doing it, but I told Adam I was really, really sleepy last night. I went to bed at 9.02. Yeah, I tried to log in, but I was driving from to and from the grocery store, and <laughs> my phone hates Facebook and Chrome. <laughs> so, are there are there any platforms or systems for logging data that you're not yet uh, like fully supporting, and are are those things that you want to uh, get done? Yeah, so everything people ask us to do so far, we have supported. Um, the one right on the cusp now is MoTeC, which we've gotten requests for. People would request it and we'd be like, great, send us some files and no one would send us files. Um, so we had, um, we had someone send us the files a few weeks ago and the parser is already built and we're doing some testing with him. Um, so that's all done and it'll just be kind of in beta testing for a little while, but that'll be available. The big one we get questions on, it's no surprise, is a Garmin Catalyst, but their, <laughs> their device is a totally closed system yeah. and there's no you can't download files out of it so if anyone can find a way to get me a file we will certainly incorporate it but so th- i no think that one's interesting there. because um that technology and yours uh accomplish like i guess a similar result but maybe the method <laughs> by which they do it is completely different because it's my understanding that that's using like the machine learning component on the data captured by the camera is that right yeah, I'm not sure it, exactly it, how it's it's all basically like a like it's a tablet in the car and you just like grab it when you're done and it will tell you what to do or it'll tell you during it during like while you're driving on the track. Mm-hmm. But like he said, there's like you can't just like pull the files off. Yeah, you, you can just also, pull like the data trace off. And you can't like the difference with fire laps and the intelligent lap coach is it's not limited to what you're doing that session on the, on the racetrack. It's, it's, it's based on everything we know globally about drivers on that track in similar. That's a huge difference. Yeah. It's a massive. So if you are over slowing a corner by 20 miles per hour, every lap consistently, it will just tell you to keep doing that consistently. And that's it. Um, Whereas fire laps, it, it depends on the, on the track tracks with lots of data that we already have. will give you more and more insights. Um, but it will tell you things like based on, you know, data from other similar drivers, we think you can carry more speed here. And, you know, so it'll kind of softly nudge you to consider that. We're not going to say, go 10 miles an hour faster and send it into a wall, but we're going to say, hey, you may be leaving some time on the table here. So, um, And that's really big. And then you can look up other laps at that track. So you can be like, I want to look at like a, what a minute 30 lap looks like here. And I can find all the laps, even if they're anonymous, they're there. And then you can overlay them and see like what that looks like. Well, how, uh, how then do you, um, stop people from maybe making, uh, bad decisions based on the data they see if, if the car that they're comparing to has uh, big arrow and Hoosiers, uh, even though it might be low power versus, uh, like a stock ish Mm -hmm. Miata. Yeah. So we know, we know the capabilities of the car and we know what the friction circle looks like and we know what the max g force is in this given turn so when we were looking at data last night we could see you know a sunday cup car pull 1.25 g's 
in most corners. And then we could see a Club TR car pull 1.5, 1.52 Gs. So you, you're never going to tell a car like it, we, we basically like what, what it does is it looks at like all of the corners and it'll see like, okay, if you are consistently doing 1.25 Gs in every corner except this one, but other drivers are consistently pulling the same Gs in all of this, all of the corners, right. we know we can deduct that you're underperforming in this corner. Um, so it, that's kind of where some of that comes from. Um, so it, and it's one of those things that, and we make a big deal about it on the platform, but like the more data you upload, the better insights you get. So don't upload like four laps, like upload everything from the whole weekend and you're gonna get better insights and better yet, upload all your data and then tell your next five friends to upload all theirs. And then all of you are going to get even better coaching tips. So, uh, so we're probably, yeah. One of my favorite fire lap stories was from the night of that party that you had at Autobahn. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone else is like hanging out, having a good time. And Peter Granberg's got the laptop out and he's sitting at the bar at this house. And he's just like stewing on the fire lapse data. He's like, <laughs> I just, I mean, I just got to do it. And he like was really, really wrapped up in making sure that Sunday went well. It was, it was Mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. And I think he went over a second faster. I mean, I think we, I sat there with him for a bit and I'm like, here, find some time here, find some time here. And like, we looked at his line in a couple spots. It was real weird. And I'm like, how are you going this fast, but driving like that in this area? And he went out and went faster, like right away. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what it's about. I mean, you think about how much money we all spend to go a half a second faster when it comes to modifying our cars and all of that. Yeah. The and, amount of money people pay to get 20 more horsepower is astronomical. Yeah, it's insane. And so, yeah. you know, where it probably lapse. won't buy them anytime. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know what, is like, David, you say that, but then you just told us the story about how fast your Miata was, uh, and yet you didn't feel like you drove it well. Yeah, well, you know what, though? What I did do is I uploaded the data in FireLapse. I got the fastest Road America lap in there right now. Thank you. And um, <laughs> and you can go look at it. Anyone can go look at it. And, um, I mean, I can look and I can see. I'm like, I know I can go faster into turn one, but I was just so terrified going into turn one that fast. So I, I know from the data immediately that there's more time on the table, whereas if I didn't analyze it, I just might be like, wow, I went so fast. But, man, it, I'm telling you, like, later that day, I was like, back here like before the end of the season i'm gonna do like a 214 or a 215 i gotta do it (laughs) so breaking at the negative 10 just uh 10 2000 feet from the from the turn in yeah so that's uh so that's you know even though i mean i only had a a lap to do it but there was certainly i can see how that's why i could like reasonably conclude that i'm leaving time on the well day, yeah you know? before before any of this stuff existed like data comparison wise even like six years ago like nobody was really comparing data you had to like actually hold a laptop in somebody's face to do that mm-hmm. um so like uh, just the just a global mindset in the amateur world is like oh look at that lap time uh that must be good that's the fastest mm-hmm. lap time like, yeah. that was all the data share we had five or six years ago so, yeah well what we're uh, going to start doing is we're going to start we're already working on this now. It's going to take a little time to come out, but um, we're going to have like model well-driven laps be highlighted on the platform. Okay. So someone runs a ginger at gingerman, they run a 140, 
with 600 horsepower and then run a 140 with 180 horsepower in um in D different we'll, laps we'll, very different laps and we our algorithms know like okay this guy is really wheeling it here and this guy was highest g lowest kind of thing it, exactly so there's a whole lot of different ways we can tell and so then what we can do is like we can start like starring certain laps be like this is like a high quality lap and so if you're new to a track or you're trying to learn you can go and you can see what those laps look like again you won't know who drove it or anything but it'll be there and you can say okay those cars got similar rate of acceleration to mine similar g-forces uh, capabilities so let me see why he's going six seconds faster than me and so that's the kind of thing that like there's just no where to do that right now and so we're, we want to provide that so that's gonna yeah. be really fun and then it'll be a friendly fun competition to see who can get the most starred laps and, and all that good stuff that's cool so yeah well uh yeah that sounds like a project that uh you'll probably get done you'll probably get that one done too yeah <laughs> we, we will you get guys that have been done. getting things done so. we will get it done we got oh yeah. i mean geez the pipeline is crazy and it's there's so many cool things in the works there's there's very cool things that i can't even talk about yet but i will just say that 2024 will be a very very cool year for us and i think just the motorsports community based on some of the stuff we're doing i think uh i think we're doing some very next level things and you know i would absolutely encourage your listeners our listeners to jump on the jump on the platform and check it out um it's firelaps.com is the website you can do one free analysis of any session you want for free um you can just uh, there's a public upload form so you just drag and drop whatever files you have you'll get a link with um with those files or with the analysis you can check it all out and then if you like what you see you can do a 30-day free trial um and uh, we've got a couple different tiers of of, of plans uh, for the different memberships and yeah just get on it um wait it's a really good time to join wait so, uh, uh it, it should on. should be noted that uh if you use code slip angle or slip angel if you're bad at yes. spelling um yes. with their standard service their 12-month um Coach, I think it was $99. You get 15 months uh, for the price of 12. Um, someone did ask me if, uh, if that promo code also applies or that promo option also applies to the intelligent lap coach fe feature that you just rolled out. Yes, and it does. It absolutely does. So, yes, you, you're one step ahead of me. Yeah, use the promo code slip angle or slip angel. And, um, you know, now now that we were launched the intelligent lap coach, I think almost every new member is jumping on right into that because it just gives you so much more. Um, but uh, yeah, you absolutely get an extra three months for free. So like we're just giving it away, dude. Like, I've been bailing months, out shirts too. Months. If if you do buy and you uh, uh, use the code, if you send me an email or something, I will mail you a slip angle or track tuned T shirt. It is Yo, important dog. to know that because I swear, of I swear I bought that membership. <laughs> it's important to know though, but because of Firelapse terms of service, Firelapse cannot share with me uh, your name and address. So you have to provide that information. If you don't do that, I can't mail you a shirt. Oh man, nice. Yep. I yep. like that privacy setting, dude. Like Good that? job, David. Good We're job. Serious. We're serious. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you're listening to the show and you haven't gotten a shirt, but you've bought uh, a membership, please reach out to me because I think I've mailed shirts to everybody who's purchased. Yeah. And yeah, it's great. Uh, the, the really important detail about the shirts, I don't want to get hung up on shirts, but 
Um, they are awesome. <laughs> and you love this shirt, dude. Uh, Adam, do you have one? I do not have one. They're excellent. And uh, right now they're very hard to get because I can't get more printed because they don't have stock of this shirt. Yeah, it's Abe's favorite kind of shirt. Can I get a shirt? It's, uh, I mean, yes, I'll mail you a shirt. It's an American apparel base shirt and it is a tri-blend. It's spectacularly soft and they're really, really durable. And it is my favorite shirt. I don't want. I don't want to know what you're doing with the shirt. <laughs> I don't want to know. I would. I would love a shirt. I want to be like Abe. So, I see one at every single racetrack we go to, regardless of where in the world we are, uh, which is very cool. Isn't that great? I see and K-Power shirts all over the place. It makes me so happy. Yeah, like every any- time I watch Beast Boosted Boys, one of them's wearing a K-Power shirt now. It's it's so great. I see them all the time. I see people like on vacation. Someone will be like on vacation in like Brazil and they'll post on Facebook. And I'm like, yo, that guy's got a K-Power shirt. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, it's cool. I love it. I saw West West Penn was on vacation somewhere and he had his like K K Miata or K Power shirt. And I'm like, Your K Power shirt is on me a lot. I wear it once a week. Yeah. It's in my yeah, rotation because it's, nice a, shirt. it's also a good shirt. It's a yeah, good shirt. Good shirts. I mean, they're probably not as good as Abe's mm-hmm. shirts, but they're nice shirts. What size do you wear, David? Uh, a medium. I'll make sure you get one. Are they long? Are they long? Uh, they, I'm six I mean, four, but. I think it. I don't know. I'll I'll mail you a medium and a large. Oh man! Oh man! Mail them a stretched medium. out medium. I don't look great. <laughs> Extra medium. Stretch it out. Only stretched in the long way. Yeah. No. Just send, send, yeah. Right. Send. Just send me a medium. It'll be fine. All right. Um, what else we got to talk about? We just did a show for an hour, guys. I love it. That's great. Way too long. Way too long. Ten tenths is going to be like, man, why are you guys stepping in our territory? I have one (laughs) other topic, Adam, and, uh, it's something that I brought up. Maybe, maybe David can weigh in as a, as a neutral third party. Um, Oh boy. I brought up that. I think that Tesla model threes, at least certain configurations can be, made legal for power to wait for GLTC GLTC power. to wait, And someone emailed me about it today and they Mm -hmm. think it can be made legal just based on having run, um, the model three challenge and they want to know what's going on. Can we make it legal for 2024? I don't know. I I don't um, know if we can. I think it is probably pretty easy. You just got to do like a supercharged D series in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can take that little electric Jimmy Jammer out of there, and you just put like a K twenty four. Dave will make you kit. It'll be great. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, start I, the Tesla I, kit next. Yeah, the the biggest thing that I really want to like my biggest concern, like if say in a perfect world you can make you can make the acceleration perfect, right? Everything's perfect. It's not disrupting. Everything's fine. Um, my biggest concern is uh, about one out of four places we go to is very stressed out about electric vehicles several of them we've had to like sign individual waivers saying sorry we have a model three coming and i know you don't like them but we have we've had to sign like a specific waiver for it um and then also like what is one of those weigh 4500 pounds Four thousand pounds they're big boys yeah my car weighs 17 and 90 (laughs) Yeah, like, just crush you. So, yeah, there's two of them out there, and they only have four wheels. Yeah, also. but I, I do think it's an important thing to comment that 
Um, yeah, I, I think the, I think there's in there's the last in the last weekend that we did GLTC. Austin Hurdle was right around thirty seven hundred, right? So it's not yeah, it's heavy. not that different. Nope, it's not that different. It's not that different. Um, but I I have never seen a data overlay. I would need to see a data overlay. Like if I want only, to see the accelerators. If only you knew people that could I do. do. I do know people. real analysis to see what is fair and what is not fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I need I, to see data overlay from one of them. Base model stripper high high range Teslas. That's the one, right? I actually think yeah. it's the um it's like the what do you call it? The Model 3 performance, but it's set in like chill mode or something, which I think just reduces <laughs> the power output and probably yeah. draws from one motor instead of two. Yeah, I've talked with uh, with um, with the Model Three Challenge guys about this um, mountain pass performance. So Sasha is like, "Oh yeah, this is all very doable." He and was, was on like, the podcast recently, right? Uh, you were talking, talking to somebody. Somebody at Mid Ohio had a Tesla. Oh, now that was um, Andrew oh, yeah, yeah, DeConing. Yeah. Um, so okay. it, that is, if you if you weren't paying attention too much, David, that was really an interesting conversation. Because he did a 127 in an executive sedan. Yeah, yeah, that that was in the the big car. Um, hmm. Yeah, th- those ones are too, those ones are way that, too that's fast. fast. But, yeah, yeah, that's real fast. In the a car with are, in a car ridiculous. with full interior that drove to the track and then drove away, and yeah. then drove all the way to Canada and then back down to Lime Rock. Wow, insanity! Yeah, I mean, that but. Is- yeah, there, there, there's a lot of potential there, but that car can't run in jail to see, obviously. No. The other, the other issue is like properly caging one of these cars. I've only seen it done like twice for mm-hmm. Pikes Peak builds. Um, and people want to like, this has been like one person asked two years ago, four people asked last year. And like, now we've got like eight people being like, can I just buy a model three and cage it? I'm like, not yet. <laughs> so, um, Interesting. And, I, I also wonder about uh, about battery life and a quick turnaround. Like it's going to be a tough car so, to have at some venues. That might be true, but Tony proximity. Barber messaged me today to say that he he kind of expects that um, the power requirements for a fifteen minutes race is probably manageable. So okay. like, yep. uh, where do you charge it though? Like, it, does Gingerman have charging stations? No, the so. Gingerman doesn't. But like, I mean, Gingerman's got some fifty amps. Mm-hmm. Um, the only track I think that has superchargers is Thunder Hill out in California. Now. Yeah, like, that makes sense. Um, um, yeah, like the difference between like a plug-in 50 amp and a supercharger is like, what is it, Abe? Like eight hours versus 25 uh, A supercharger. So um, I know that the 10 tense guys make fun of me for talking about electric cars on the show now. Um, but <laughs> they do. But a supercharger. So my my home charger is the max rate level two that I think is available currently. That's like 60 240 volt on a 60 amp circuit, 48 amp continuous power draw. Um, that represents 11 kilowatt charge rate. Uh, like a big TIG welder. Yeah. When you plug into a supercharger, most or some of the highest speed superchargers are 250 kilowatts. 11 to 250. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. Now you, yeah, you don't so charge at that rate continuous. You charge at that rate when the battery is most dead, but like 
pretty continuously from, I don't know, 30 to 80%, you're above 150 kilowatts. So it's still yeah. like 10 times faster than charging at home. Yeah. So it's wow. eight hours versus 25 minutes kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Big difference. I mean, so that's it, a, you can't I mean, just like plug into the pot, the RV 30 amp at Gingerman and expect it to get anything right. in 12 hours. Yeah. So it yeah, seems I mean, like though most of the drivers uh, of which there's like, we, we did talk about the Venn diagram for people who uh, want to drive an electric car and those who want to be on track and the Venn diagram between them is kind of small, but a little sliver. it does sliver. seem like people have figured out these problems already. I think Andrew had said, yeah, finding superchargers is not a big deal. Um, it's a little bit inconvenient to drive to and from the supercharger all the time, but it's possible. Yeah. You're and, doing three hours of commute sometimes, but it's possible. And I know that uh, Tony Barber brings with him like a a modified wall charger that allows him to charge at the 48 amp rate uh, wherever we go. And so like um, charging fully um, over the course of like an hour or two break is, I mean, you're probably not going to get to 100%, but you're going to get pretty full. Well, we're, we're, we're actively thinking about it and uh, we need to put some data into some I don't know. Maybe that, like Race Studio or something, be able to help us Race with this. Studio I'm not sure. Is the one. And and maybe we'll be. Have people wheel to wheel Teslas yet? I don't think they have. It, um, maybe we'll be the first mixed Tesla non Tesla. In in series. my opinion, um, it would be attractive if the only thing you had to do to your Tesla was put a cage in it and put fire suppression in it. I think that that would be generally way more attractive than building a scratch car. Now there so are for fire are, suppression. Do you mean you have to tow like a twenty-two thousand gallon swimming pool? <laughs> so how many suppression would be the one to really? Think so about. we should bring an authority on the subject on the show before we talk about runaway fires. I don't fires. know if one exists. That's the problem. Well, you see those fires. I'm not the only one to see it where they just don't go out and just it burns and it burns. Yeah, burns. When, when a cell gets infected and it just exactly. It keeps so going. that's but, actually, I would almost be more concerned about that than the cage from a safety standpoint. Yeah, fine. Well, I mean, it's it kind that's, of thing you got to have. This is going to be a thing. So you may that's part of the reason that caging it is a problem is because you can start your car on fire if you cage it wrong. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, not if you like, removed the battery, I suppose. Yeah. Well, the brand the brand new stuff, like the last few years of Model Threes and stuff, the batteries are way more protected than like early, early, early EV shit. So I realize. Um, so I'm not I'm not being a defender or a uh, you're a, defender. a, a tryhard. <laughs> How many <laughs> Tesla fires have you seen in the years that they have been on track? I've never seen a Tesla fire. How many car fires have you seen burn down at the track? Um, oh, yeah. Ca- so I've had in car that's fires in 20 years, <laughs> car fires in 20 years, 60 burned down at our events. None, almost one, <laughs> but I've seen a bunch of them happen. <laughs> yeah. But also that's all of the cars. I mean, the, the Teslas are yeah. point nine, it's point zero zero one percent of the car. It's, get, it's getting so. to be like, uh, it's probably pushing 1% to 2%. I bet you at this I mean, year on average, there was five cars per event. Yeah, we were probably Which, actually, yeah, we were probably one to 5% depending on how many, how big of our event was like Midwest yeah. festival. We probably had what three and we were like a 300, 300 car event, but then like, yeah. Yeah. Other events you have 60 cars and it's two, you know, so it's super cool. I mean, look, yeah. I'm all for pushing the limits and trying new things. People like them. Literally. 
what we what we do. So it's all it's all stuff that should be considered, especially you For guys sure. run the biggest organization that does this kind of thing. So if anyone's going to sit there and look at the data and look at the safety, it's you guys. So uh, I'm all for it. I mean, we could case swap it, sure, but I think that's not, <laughs> that's not the idea. When are you going to get into uh, what's your next motor swap? Do you have a different engine in, in mind? A different engine in mind? We Yeah. Are you going to be like the Subaru not. EJ25 swap king? You can put those no. in the Civics and stuff? Or... You know what I want to do? I'll talk about it for a for a second because i've been wanting to do this for the last like three years he's, he's going to start a company called busa boys and put boosters no, in there. no no what i really what i really want to do is i want to put uh the s85 v10 engines into like e46 m3s oh i like so those. that's the bmw m5 v10 is that right yeah, yeah. which yeah. i i would do, assume do that those engines that. are available because all of those cars were junk right Exactly. The engines can be had for six or seven grand, make 500 horsepower. They rev to 9,000 RPM. They sound like F1 engines. They're super, super cool. I, mm-hmm. And it's been done before. I'm not. We've had two of them compete with us. We had yeah, one yeah. compete with us at Road Atlanta a couple of times. And that guy used to own my old CRX, Dwight Kelly. Oh, that's cool. That's and cool. which is, it was so cool. It was wide body, uh, raced in BMW SCCA or BMW CCA awesome. or whatever. And then another one, I want to say, I want to say it wasn't it. Where was that? California? I don't know. We've had two of them compete, though. I just think that, like, you know, if someone made us made the wiring, if someone gave it the K, the swap, the K power treatment, and yeah. made it like attainable and doable, I think that'd be very, very cool. I and really like that like from a. I like that from a preservation standpoint because you have this like awesome, really, really interesting engine that mm-hmm. is languishing currently because the car that it came in was junk. Mm-hmm. Were those cars really that bad? They're unreliable and they're very expensive to maintain. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's fine, but I don't know. I wouldn't want to own one. Let's just say that. Um, yeah. No, and look, I have my E46 M3, which I love. But like, I can't believe you still have that thing. I love that car. Yeah, it's great. That, that was the first E46 I ever drove. We went to that little like motorsports expo yeah, at yeah, the car yeah, track in Ohio that. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that great. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it just seems like that would be cool. People have done the S65 V8 in them yep. um, a fair bit. And people have done, I've seen a V10 with like a DCT trans. I, I just think it would be very cool to, like, I, I I have built two companies based on what do I wish existed? What would I buy if it was available? And boy, I would buy that. If someone made it <laughs> as an engine swap manufacturer, I would buy that if someone had mm-hmm. it sorted out. Like, give me that. That's what I want. So yeah. I, I think, are there enough people like me that say, "Give me that. I want that." I'm like, yeah, probably not. Probably there are. Well, I think there would be, but it would <laughs> well, be maybe. very yeah. limited. It would, it would, there's a reason why I haven't done it yet. Let's just say there's well, a reason why I'm case swapping an MC right now and not doing yeah. that. Yeah. But the other problem is that E46s, E46s are now not turning into drift cars anymore. They're like getting restored. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Too many got turned into drift cars, and now they all need to be. That's why I have said and continue to say that if your if your interest is in buying a car to park money or to invest, given what I see at every single event, the best car in the world to buy is a clean S two thousand because the number of them that are available on the planet goes down every single weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that is true. That's very so true. Probably, probably the same thing can be said for 
M3 anything. Yeah. No. Well, but I, I can also say that I consistently don't see an M3 crash into a wall at an event. I consistently mm. see an S2000 crashed at an event. Well, we've had a lot of M3s crash, and other places do as well. We just don't have yeah. as many M3s. We have a lot of mm-hmm. S2000s because of our Midwest, like, 2007 Track Day Bro roots. Yeah, but you know <laughs> so. what? Like, one of – we have a time attack group. I don't know if you know these guys out east. Um, if you're an S2K takeover. Yep. Yeah, so Brad, who runs S2K Takeover. Yeah, he's he's, he's driven GLTC. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, yeah. So he's integrated FireLapse to all his drivers, and that's like the platform they're using for their leaderboard and cool. to analyze data and all their standings and all that. So, so and that's all S2000s. And I went up to their event at NJMP, and I saw I saw some S2000s that were not looking like they were getting restored anytime soon. No. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's definitely... I think you're, you're probably right, Abe. That's a good place to stick a few bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to go watch some YouTube videos of V10 E46s. They sound so cool. The one in England one with night. the 10 to 1 header. Oof. <laughs> yeah, there's some white one that was like some drift car. And Tim and I sat around like three years ago and just watched YouTube videos of these cars. And we're like, oh, we got to do this. We pretty cool. It's pretty yeah, cool. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe yeah. one day. Uh, where do people go to find all your things? Um, K Power. Um, you can find at kpower.industries. That's our site. And um, he thinks all it's the an info. industry. <laughs> we got a small industry. I don't know. Industries. <laughs> and, uh, and Firelapse is firelapse.com. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, email addresses are on the websites. And, you know, if you have feedback or suggestions or ideas, anything we talked about, please reach out to us. I love talking to people, especially Firelapse is so new. Every time someone emails us or we, we often make enhancements to the platform based on that email. And so, yeah. you know, try our stuff, communicate with us, and we, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and then, of course, use the Slip Angle promo code for Firelapse and, uh, and get three months for free. So, and yeah, a shirt. That's well, where to find us. And yeah, shirt, I, uh, and a, the best shirt, apparently. Yeah, Abe's best shirt. That's, uh, that I, is I'm, a fact. We've, we've, we've had you on a bunch of times over the past, like, eight years. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's not just because we're buddies. It's because uh, you're you're one of the real ones, dude. You're just out there doing it, doing it for the yeah. right reasons, too. So you know what? It's 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 fun. It's just fun to be able to build things that didn't exist that you wish existed and uh, be in the world. So no, I appreciate it. I always appreciate being on with you guys and, and chit chatting. It's always fun. So thank you. Thanks for listening, uh-huh. everybody. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jabay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at a grid live to say hello. Hello.